What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to The Face Revenge, an episode that I'm very excited about. Um, you saw the title of it. Also, it has been a long time since I've released an episode. I've been very busy with, with school. By the time you hear this, I'm done. I'm done with my projects. It, I, man, it was a bad idea. Let me just super sidetrack. It was, I'm so grateful that the classes I have are all like creative classes. But I also had no idea how hard that makes school because they're not really things that you can have like a studied exam for where it's like, you know, what is the definition of this? There are subjects that you can't do that with. So we have like tons of projects, which just like swamps you outside of school. Anyway, so that's why I have not released an episode in a while. But that is completely unimportant because I'm way more excited to talk about Transformers, which is something that I have dreamt of. Binging Transformers is something I've been wanting to do ever since the basement binge was a thing. So, of course, I had to bring Matt and Rob from Magos the Movies along with me as well. Thank you both for being here. Yeah, yeah, super excited to hang out. Uh, it's good to get all three of us back together. And, uh, <laughs> Rob, you were going to live I'm up to I'm actually really excited to do Rob uh, binge this whole series. It's uh, I've seen most of them, not all of them, and there will be plenty of things for me to complain about. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I uh, I'm super excited to do this as well. Um, I know we've talked kind of you know, not super in depth because we usually save that for when we're doing these about the Transformers movies. And uh, it was, ex- you know, exciting to sit there and be like, OK, I'll go back and rewatch them. It's kind of fun that the 15th anniversary of the first live action Transformers movie um, is they're actually re-releasing it in theaters, uh, which is kind of cool. And uh, yeah, I'm just I- I'm excited to to go through these and see if uh they're as good or bad as I remember. <laughs> yeah, I'm this, is, uh, this is going to be fun. Like I said, this away. is something that I've said <laughs> during these days. I, I might drink myself into a coma for a couple of these all movies. about binging your favorite series. And, and particularly with the last segment, Fallen, especially at the inception of the Basement Binge and when that was an idea. It was to see if 
you can find meaningful messages in the most ridiculous series that we usually just binge. Like, you know, like binging is like the lowest form of quality entertainment. Like, like that is entertainment reduced the furthest away it can from art, I would say. And so it was interesting. The idea was, can we pull things out of this? And Transformers was always like the penultimate challenge that I imagined. Like when the basement binge is good, we're going to do Transformers because this is going to, this is like a, a case study that interests me. So I'm excited that I'm finally doing it. And I'm glad that you guys are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got, we got, I mean, it's going to be a little bit easier with starting with this, the original animated movie. Um, Trying to find meaning in a Michael Bay Oh my God. That's... We are, we're like, we get to start with this, Ooh. but when we get to Michael Bay is going to be interesting. And thank you both Matt and Rob for being here. I, I was looking at it. It was like, two and a half years ago that Matt and I recorded our first episode together about Bumblebee, which we will be doing at the end of this. So it's kind of like poetic, if you will, if this is the way it's going. So it's exciting. <laughs> well, if I you do that, I still plan on billing you my mental health bill after the, you I was going to say, you got to be careful because movies, if you do that but... to me, then Rob is going to turn around and do it to you. We'll see how many times Daredevil I have to talk to somebody. And Listen, all the other things you make him watch. I think you can probably handle Transformers. <laughs> yeah, you're going to open up the back door. <laughs> oh, <not> shoot. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I opened up a can of worms. Okay, so let's get into Origins, the Wolverine, first segment Jurassic here. Two spoiler-free. I could go on. Brief, because we're in a group, two minutes reaction it can be less than that uh to transformers the movie the animated movie from 1986 um i'm just gonna let rob go first just because why not sure so you know i probably have not seen this movie this came out in 1986 i probably saw it around then maybe a little bit later i i was four when this movie came out it's probably been 30 years you know 25 30 years since i've seen this movie so getting a chance to go back like i think a lot of people who grew up in the early 80s mid 80s kind of have this very special place for transformers in this movie kind of in particular uh the transformers cartoon you know was well loved um, I think the Michael Bay series skates a lot on the nostalgia and adding all of those new characters in. I, I, I think it kind of gets a pass for, for it and those things. So I was really excited to go back and watch this and holy throwback. I mean, <laughs> yeah. immediately you're hit with the music, the colors, the animation. This this film is a real time capsule for the mid 80s. I mean, try to. To try to, so my son has been doing a lot of my watching assignments with me lately, and uh, he's nine. And he was like, Transformers, all right. Like, he was really excited about it. And I think he kind of looked at me like, Dad, what is this at some point? Because there's, you know, if you had been watching the cartoons, you know, you will remember who all these characters are. You'll remember some of the things that were going on. I, I was like, I was a little bit lost because the movie kind of assumes you've been watching the cartoons. The movie kind of assumes you know what's going on a little bit and kind of the conventions that they use. Um, so if you haven't revisited that series in a while, you might be a little bit lost. But um, overall, it was it was kind of a fun trip down memory lane for me. And 
you know, it, it was it was a it was a good time that I got to have with my son rewatching this for the first time in, like I said, 25 or 30 years. That's fun. That's fun. Um, Matt, I will let you go next. I'll close up for this. Yeah, similar. Um, I mean, I was three when this movie came out um, and I probably watched it two or three years after, you know, it came out. And then same thing, similar. I have not watched this movie in a very long time. Uh, So it was interesting to go back and kind of be hit with all of those things. And, you know, one thing that I will say that this movie did is watching how ridiculous, because I only remembered like one, like one to two key parts of what this movie is. And obviously we're not going to say that now because it's not spoiler. Um, But it certainly doesn't make some of the things in the Michael Bay Transformers movies look as crazy. I forgot like how crazy (laughs) Transformers was as a cartoon. Uh, It's similar to what Rob said. It does assume that you know what's going on with some of these things. But at the end of the day, it was fun. Um, It was fun to just go back and really kind of look at this movie and like, geez, it's it's been so long since I've seen it. Um, Yeah, it was it it was fun. By the way, this movie was set in 2005. I, I yeah. noticed it right away. It's like, oh my God, this movie was set in 2005, which in 1986 sounded right. like it was like forever away. And now 2005 just feels like, oh my God, <laughs> how long ago was that? <laughs> like that just, that just cracked me up right out of the gate. Like that just seemed like it was so far away. You know, the future is here. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, okay. So that leaves me in my two cents. This was a film that I have never seen. I've told you guys that I own it on Blu-ray because I think it was a 35 year anniversary that they did like a Blu-ray re-release for. Um, and I had heard positive things about it, a podcast I really liked the review of, and I was like, sure, why not? I was buying something else from the website and I needed free shipping. Like, sure, I'll get this one. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I will say that I grew up on Transformers though. Like I, not this, like early 2000s Transformers, I would say. And so I had, watching this was just like, in a way, a walk down memory lane of different memories unassociated with this and just associated with Transformers in general. Um, but this was just like a lot of fun. Like like you said, Rob, this is just like the 80s encapsulated perfectly. The music, the art style, the animation, the voice cast, just, just like it is so 80s. My wife came in when I was listening to it or, or watching the last part of the movie and she's like, this sounds like this could be in the Karate Kid, like, which that's like her, her go-to <laughs> 80s movie. Um, so yeah, it, it is... And also, like Matt said, I, I can understand where Michael Bay got a lot of his ideas because this this is wacky. Like it, it really is in the in the best way, and it 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 really fits the animation style that goes along with it. So the, so this is a lot of fun. Like it's definitely not one of those things that I, is, I hold up as like Transformers is perfect, and here's your example. Like more than anything, it proves that Michael Bay might have been onto something, and the Transformers has always been kind of ludicrous, but it's always been really really fun in that ridiculousness. Uh, yeah. So those are my two cents. I can't really say much more without spoilers. Um, so yeah, that's our two cents. Unless any of you have any other spoiler free thoughts. No. Okay. All right. Well, we will move on to the next segment, which is rummage for the rotten, which is one of my favorite segments when I have people here on the podcast. So if you don't know, if this is your first listen with other guests on the podcast, rummage for the rotten is where we all get to guess or rummage for who is going to be the rotten, meaning the person who rates it the least out of five reels at the end of the episode. So we're all going to guess who's going to like it the least. 
I am going on a limb here that's like pretty strong that you could almost call it a whole tree. I think that it's going to be Rob, but not in the way where he like dislikes it. I, I'm going to assume it's just that his like towards it is going to be less than Matt and Mike. That's my guess. So, Rob, I'll let you guess next. I'm the rotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think Rob will be too. But again, just not because like he can't stand the movie. But I feel like this is one. You know, again, it will be spoilers that it's going to be weird to grade this movie. I feel like it's going to be odd to grade this movie um, based on some of the things that we'll talk about in the spoilers. So I, I will guess Rob as well, though. Yeah, this is going to be a weird movie to rate. Like I, I normally I have some type of idea, like out of five reels, this is, you know, the ballpark of what I'm going to give it. I have no idea. Like, I don't even know how to understand this movie in a rating out of five. Like it, it's kind of difficult. Um, Okay, well, Rob, you're the rotten, and I don't think that we are wrong, <laughs> but we could be surprised. Um, so, yeah, before we get into the rest of the episode, quick announcements here. Obviously, we are binging the Transformer movies. We're going to go through all the Michael Bay movies and conclude with Bumblebee. So if you want to follow along with the binge, each week a new episode on Transformers will be releasing. There you go. Pretty simple announcement here in the basement pitch. Um, I do want to give chan- a chance to Matt and Rob to talk about Matt Goes to the Movies or anything else that they would like to promote. The floor is yours. Matt, we'll start with you because I'm super grateful that you are here. But talk about your show, Matt Goes to the Movies. Yeah, no, I mean, thanks. Um, I'm super happy to be here again. It's been a incredibly long time since we've done this. So it's good to you know, actually talk with you guys and, and do one of these reviews. But Matt Goes to the Movies was inspired by the basement binge. Uh, I've said it many times, but sitting at home during COVID, wondering what I wanted to do with my spare time. And I happened to come across a, you know, podcast uh, called The Basement Binge and um, decided, you know what? I, I, yeah, this is how I want to spend a lot of my free time. So uh, I have a lot of gratitude towards Harrison for, you know, really, even before I knew him, getting me into something that I really like doing. Um, we review movies over at Matt Goes to the Movies. Rob has joined me for so many of them. Uh, recently, just did Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, I did that one on my own. But yeah, we just we love talking about movies. It's as, as simple as that. <laughs> yeah, so um, some great episodes you can catch over at Matt Goes to the Movies. The Obi-Wan Kenobi series recently happened. Obviously, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, he went through all of those. Um, a recent episode that I actually really, really enjoyed was the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 podcast uh, episode. So that, especially since when this is going to be released, that is quite a while ago. But if you want somewhere to start, that was one that I really, really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, Matt Goes to the Movies. It will be linked below, but check it out wherever you get podcasts. Matt Goes to the Movies. Um, Rob. Is there is there a Rob review coming up that you want to promote or anything else? Do you just want to? Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the, we have uh, we have kind of a spinoff show of uh, Matt goes to the movies. We call it the Extended Podcast Universe. Uh, anything that's kind of uh, on the channel, but it's not with Matt hosting. And I do a show called Rob's Reviews with my younger brother Eric. Uh, we've had we've we like to go back a little bit and look at some of the films that have really impacted us quite a bit over a long period of our lives. So we've, we've done some of the big ones in my life and his life, things like uh, Goodfellas and um, you know, things like fight club. We've, we've done the big Lebowski. So 
Uh, you can check those out on the Matt Goes to the Movies channel. Uh, we have decided on the next one, and we're hoping to record it uh, within the next week or two before I go on vacation. Oh. So we're trying to squeeze another one out uh, and uh, get it out for everybody uh, who's been into those shows. And we certainly appreciate all the support. Well, sweet. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I uh, I have not listened to a podcast in a long time because of how busy I've been with school. Uh, but recently, my car broke down, so I had to take the bus. And I never actually took the bus, but I was planning to take the bus, and now my car's fixed. But anyway, it made me think, like, I need to be listening to podcasts again. So I started listening again, and I forgot how much I enjoy listening to your show, Matt. Like, that, that's, like, a weird thing to say, but it was, like, one of those things where you come back to the episodes, and you're like, yes, this is this is quality podcast listening. Like, this, this is just something that I want to listen to. So it, if you are like me, and you recently haven't listened to a podcast in a while, Go listen to Magazine Movies. It will reinvigorate your love for podcasts. Why, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so with those announcements out of the way, we can move into the next segment here, which is kind of going to reveal Rummage for the Rodden, but this is Pick Your Poison. This is the rating scale here at The Basement Binge, all about the bingeability of the film, how we would interact with it again, if we would again, after this time. So there's four options. The first one is pretty straightforward. The lowest ranking you can give it, to never watch it again. Self-explanatory. Enough said. Um, above that is to stream it. It's on a service you're paying for. You're looking for something to watch, right? You're browsing, and it's on your recommended. You'd click on it and watch it. Above that is to rent it in the right circumstances. You would pay food bucks or Redbox or digitally to rent it, Amazon Prime, whatever, and watch it that way. Or top of the list, you probably saw it coming, is to buy it digitally or Blu-ray or whatever. Own it. Have it as much as you want to watch as frequently as you can. Uh, so, Rob, you started with two cents, so we'll start with you again. Sure. So, I uh, do not own this movie. Um, it was available on Google Play for a buck ninety nine, and it was a buck ninety nine well spent. You know, I was I was happy with my money invested for it, um, and I knew that this was going to come up. And I'm, it's funny because. I struggle to imagine the scenario where I'm like, you know what I want to watch right now? Transformers animated series. So it's, it's not necessarily that I would never watch it again. I don't know the circumstance where that's the thing. I'm like, yeah, that over everything else I could possibly be doing with my life right now. I want to watch that again. Um, but if the right circumstance came up and I was like, you know what I really want to do is I want to have, an Eddie Van Halen cover band on in the background while I walk around the house <laughs> doing some stuff uh, for a buck 99. And, you know, you get to hear the cool transformers <laughs> noise, you know, like, um, yeah, I would, I would stream this. Um, I would, I, I would call it a stream, not quite a never watch again. Uh, I'm not sure what the circumstance is where I would watch it again, but um, yeah, I would stream it if it was available in the right circumstance. Okay, pretty, uh, uh, what's what? I forgot what I was going to say. Matt, I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah, you know, similar to, to what Rob said, I don't own this movie. I had considered when they did the, like, the release that just happened um, on Blu-ray and stuff like that. I was considering buying it for the 35th anniversary edition. I never ended up getting to it, but... You know, um, almost every major streaming platform that you can rent from, this is a buck ninety nine, except for Voodoo, which is three ninety nine, which is weird. Um, but it was it was well spent the dollar nine, you know, the dollar ninety nine. Um, 
not that it's bad, but yeah, I kind of share the same thoughts as Rob that I don't know why I would put this like I don't know why I would put this particular movie on again. Um which is weird because as we'll continue to go through this binge, I probably like this movie more than I like some of the other entries, but I would turn those on again before I would turn this on. Hmm. And that's probably not a ringing endorsement for this movie, but there's just some things about some of the live action movies that as bad as the, they can get, there's still some funny things that just make me laugh where this is kind of just a movie to for me to like, I was glad I rewatched it, but yeah, I don't, there's nothing like stellar that would make me come back to it. So I, I would say it's a stream, but it would have to be a, a rare, it would probably be a very rare circumstance that I would turn this on again. Yeah. Okay. So that leaves me. This is interesting because I own this movie and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that and live up. Uh, I own it on Blu-ray. I bought it blind though. I, ha- I hadn't seen it. So this is like genuinely my rating of it now that i've seen it would i buy it now that i know what i'm buying um and the answer to that is i would buy it as a collector's item but not as something to watch if that makes any sense Uh, and part of that is just like what i enjoy collecting is blu-rays you know like some people like collecting action Mm -hmm. figures as i can see on matt's screen that you cannot (laughs) um you know whatever it may be uh as far as watching goes, this is one that I would rent. If there was something like this is one of those movies that when you want to watch it, this is the only one that you're going to watch. Like I'm being, is that Batman or is that Ronan? I can tell. I was being oh, that was intimidated. Batman. Oh, that was bad. Okay. <laughs> My vision's bad. I thought it was Ronan. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, back on what I was saying now that I completely forgot. Um, yeah, when you want to watch this, this is the only thing that's going to fulfill that. Uh, and I, I would be willing to rent this to watch it with somebody else. Like the circumstances where I'm going to watch this alone, I think are going to be pretty rare, but I think that this would be a fun movie to enjoy with like my future kids or buddies like, Hey, let's watch the Transformers movie. And for like a sense of like nostalgia and like, I don't know, kind of like weird fun, um, but yeah, the circumstances in which I would rent, which I would watch it again, are really rare. But if that circumstance were to come up again, I would have no problem paying three bucks to watch it again. Uh, I wouldn't feel any buyer's remorse about that. Uh, so kind of weird in between. Um, um, wait, quick question: uh, Future Kids? That's not an announcement. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no Good no, clarification. No, no. <laughs> yes <laughs> it's an announcement that I, I plan on having kids but it's not an announcement uh, that, that there is a child coming of any kind. <laughs> i promise to the two of you that if that is an announcement you're not going to get it in a random podcast episode <laughs> you know what's funny prom- about um you know it's funny about pick your poison you kind of talked about this in some of your recent episodes i think it was your dr strange one um you know the the advent of something like disney plus has really sort of changed what what it is, you know, from, from how pick your poison started when you began the show, you know, years oh ago gosh, yeah. to, to kind of what the world is like now. Um, you know, it's, I think, I think almost anytime you give a grade and pick your poison, it almost has to come with like an asterisk where you have to explain it a little bit because it's just the world we're in now is, is a little bit different. There wasn't 10, there wasn't 10 streaming services when you started the eight of which we don't yeah. need. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. And the other weird thing, just because you brought that up, is the basement binge started with binging the MCU. And that was at like my peak MCU excitement. Like that was when I was getting into it really kind of for the first time. So like every single one was like, bye. Like I have to own this movie. I love the MCU. And it was weird to review Doctor Strange and be like, one, that excitement has really faded. Two, whenever I want to watch this again, I know that I will have Disney Plus and I know it will be on Disney Plus. Like that's the weirdest thing about Disney Plus as a streaming service is that like, its content is pretty guaranteed. You know, like, obviously Netflix original movies will always be on Netflix. But, like, when I go and see a Disney movie in theaters, I know, hey, eventually this is going to be on Disney+. Plus, Which is so weird. Like, it, it, it really messes and kind of screwed up the entire Pick Your Poison, which I'm not happy about, but there's nothing you can do. So, <laughs> Yeah. I, I was surprised how quick Doctor Strange came to Disney+. Plus. Like, And it's still I in theaters. They would... At the same time, it's yeah, so like, strange. I, I did not think they would be one of the like, I did not think they'd be a HBO Max kind of thing where it was like, oh, you have this many days for it to be in theaters and things like that. So um, and they they certainly Disney Plus, not to get off on a sidebar, but they got away from that premium content rental pretty quickly. And thankfully, you know, some of those were pretty successful, though. Like you look at how much money Black Widow made on, you know, that's one of the reasons why she, she sued them is because it made just as much on disney plus as it did in the theater and she was like you took away my like my theater multiplier by releasing this on disney plus so i was kind of surprised that they got away from that as as soon as they did considering there was some pretty good success for it but they probably didn't want to get they maybe didn't want to get sued again so oh yeah that might be I'm curious to see, on a total side note, what they're going to do with Lightyear. I was going to do a review on that. Again, I'm just so busy. I'm sorry reviews have been sparse. But after seeing that movie, I, I did, how can I say this the right way? As a complete tangent, if you want to know my thoughts about Lightyear, you're going to get it in the Transformers episode. <laughs> but of all Pixar movies to be finally released in theaters, this feels like the wrong one. This should have been released on Disney+, and Luca and Turning Red should have been released in theaters. 100%. That's all I'm going to say about Lightyear, which is... Weird considering that I had a huge obsession with Buzz Lightyear when I was a kid. Like, I don't like obsession to the point where I was determined to pit, fit the name Harrison on the bottom of every Buzz Lightyear toy I owned, which just that is a long name to fit on a small yeah. foot. It's not Andy. So, but that's how much I love Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> um, so, yeah, back to Transformers. We picked our poison. Not really sure what we think about it, but let's move on to the next segment, Live Up, which is. We're going to get into more spoilers here and, and get into a little more in depth what we think about this. If this is our first time seeing it in my case or coming back to it, does it live up to the expectations? And also, what expectations do you have going in to watch? Well, obviously, we're going to get into this a lot in the Transformers series. What expectations do you have when you start Transformers The Fallen Night or, or The Last Night, whatever it's called? You know, what, what are your thoughts when you start Transformers, the animated movie, and does it live up to those expectations? Um, Matt, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I I didn't know what to expect. I, I think I wanted, you know, what I was first looking for was, okay, I don't, like, as the movie was going, would I remember more of it than I thought I did? Because like I said, I only remembered the major, since we're in spoilers, the major points that I think everybody remembers about this movie. Galvatron, Unicron, Optimus Prime's death. I, those were, like, the only things, and everything else was like, well, what happens from set piece so set piece so to speak um, <laughs> so much like, sure. really, yeah yeah like and 
then I remembered like, oh yeah, this movie has crazy soundtrack. Like it yeah. just, it's in your face right off the go. But you know, the, the thing that, and maybe this isn't live up, but again, comparing this to, to Michael Bay movies, one of the things that I was really thinking about while this was going on was as bad as like the dialogue sometimes in those Michael Bay movies are, the dialogue in this movie is not good, but I think it just shows how like that, you know, certain things don't translate to live action because it's not like the dialogue is award winning in this movie or is really any more profound than what you get in the Michael Bay movies. But I think maybe because it's like it's fun, it's bright colors and maybe in, you know, these movies compared to maybe the first two Transformers or even the three first three movies you can tell what the hell is going on because the Autobots and Decepticons are distinguished. Unlike the live action movies where really there's like, they're sometimes fighting and you don't know who they are because they're the exact same color and the exact same design. So it's like, who the hell is who here? Um, but again, it's just, you know, the, the goofy soundtrack, the colors, um, it, there's a lot of it that works in this movie and you just kind of sit back and, it was just fun to, I don't know, I, I want to say unplug. Like, I really just casually watched this. There was, and the weird thing is, is I don't know if you guys would agree with this. There was never really like the highest of highs or like the lowest of lows in this. Like this movie just kind of, I almost felt like I was on the lazy river and it was nice to just relax. It was nice to just be on the raft, have some sun and just kind of get like that little breeze off the water and just take an hour and 25 minutes and just kind of unwind, so to speak. I don't know yeah, if that, that was, so. No, no, you're, I <laughs> that weirdly makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great way of explaining it, actually. Um, okay, I'll, I'm, I, Rob, I'll let you go last. Um, my expectations for this are really weird. I said this at the beginning. I own this movie, but I've never seen it before. I bought it because uh, I was buying some Blu-rays off of Shout Factory and they were doing a release for the 35th anniversary and I needed free shipping. So I was like, hey, I've heard some good things about this. It was on a deal. I'll get it kind of as a collector's item mainly. Uh, and then I was excited to watch it because I had heard people like really praise and like cherish this as like the Transformers movie. Um, don't ask me that who those people are. I just, when I bought it, I, they're apparently I was talking to people who like this movie. You know, just people. Just people, yeah. People. Day. Yeah. So I went to watch it around the time I bought it and I was really sick. And so I watched it and was I was falling asleep and just in like a pretty negative mood. And so like I ended up turning it off halfway. And if you asked me what it was about, I would have not have been able to tell you. Like I didn't even know that Unicron was in this. And like that's like the first thing that happens in the movie. Like like that's how sick I was that I, I was just so incoherent, which is so then knowing that we were going to do this again. I think it was your suggestion, Rob, to include it in this binge. And I was kind of like, really? Like that one didn't do it for me when I was sick. Um, and so I wasn't like too thrilled to put it on. Uh, and then I put it in the Blu-ray player and that music kicked in just immediately. I was like, okay, I'm excited. Like, like there's something about it that that ridiculous soundtrack that makes this lack of cohesion better. Uh, if, if that makes sense. And, and so, yeah, what those are my expectations. They they was like, uh, eh, kind of lackluster to 
okay, I'm really excited to see what this is because there's something about this attitude and like spirit around it that's exciting and fun. Um, and that's really what it is. It's like, it, if you're if you haven't seen season one and two of the original Transformers series, not a lot of this is going to make sense. Like you're literally just thrown into the middle of it. And I was watching one of the document documentaries about it, and the writer, uh, I forget his name, he said that the entire purpose of this movie was to usher in the new toy line, to get rid of the 85 toy line and start the 86 toy line. Like that was the reason that we were given to make this movie. And so, so much of the plot points were to sell new toys, uh, which makes sense seeing what happens, including like killing Optimus Prime. Um, so yeah, it, it's one of those things where you're like, this is a strangely motivated movie that's full of like really crazy animation and like, a story that just kind of goes from like one big event to another without much happening. And you don't entirely get everything that's going on. You're just kind of like there to be there. Um, but there's some points of it that are enjoyable. Like the music is just strangely really fun. Uh, and there's like one scene where I don't remember it, but the music started and it was like, yeah, sweet. We're getting a crazy song. And then it kind of like faded out. And I was like, oh no, we're just getting like that MCU treatment where we get like the first 10 seconds of the song and then it stops. <laughs> and, and then it came back and then, then it was Weird Al. And I was like, what the heck? I'm watching this Transformers movie and Weird Al is singing to me. Like, what am I experiencing right now? Um, so it's just like this weird combination where like, I don't really know what to think, but I enjoyed watching it. Uh, I, I enjoyed having the experience and, and understanding what this is. And also, Matt, you, you really said it. There was a lot of it where I was watching it. And if I was Michael Bay, especially being Michael Bay, like if I was Michael Bay and I knew I was Michael Bay and I was making a Transformers movie and I knew people really liked this series and like this era of Transformers was really beloved and I was transform like transforming, wow, mm -hmm. that into live action, I can understand the direction he went with because a lot of this is just like chaotic and it only works because of the animation style where it's, you know, really visually, visually motivated and really colorful. Like without that, uh, you get the live action Transformers movie. Like it, it's, they're not too far off. It's just that this works in animation for some reason. Yeah. I, so two things really quick before, sorry, Rob, number one, we now know who is to blame for Batman and Robin and making a movie to sell toys. It's Transformers, the animated movie. So we can, we, <laughs> we can blame them. And number two, I think, you know, I also think what works about this is this is an hour and 25 minutes long. So it's, it goes by relatively quick. And I think that's one of, when we talk later, that's one of the biggest problems with the Michael Bay movies is they are way too long because it gives you more than enough time to think about what you just saw. It, it they, those movies bogged down to a ridiculously slow pace and all you have time is to think about what has happened. And that's when they start falling apart. If, if all of those transformers movies, maybe minus the first one, um, were cut by like 30 minutes, I think they would be a little bit more, not coherent, but forgivable in certain aspects. But I think that's what sometimes works about this movie is it's quick. It, it is a very, very, okay. We like, we have to get there. We don't have time for a bathroom break. Like, so kids go before we get in the car. Cause we need to make time to get to grandparents or wherever it is. We're going. Um, I think that's one of the things that makes this movie work too, compared to the live action ones. 
Yeah, and it's interesting, especially like it's crazy to me the how many Transformers die. Like this is a kid show motivated at selling t- kids to toys, and like they're just killing people left and right. And, and like they have this big scene where Optimus gives—I already forgot his name—Magnus something or other. The he gives him the the Matrix, and he's not even the character that uses it. Like like I don't know. There's just a lot of it that's like this is this is weird. Like. What is this? What What is a Transformers movie? It, 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 like, that's what I was asking myself the whole time is, is what is a Transformers movie? Because I can't really tell you. All I know is that it has Transformers in it. <laughs> so I, I have the answer to what this is. And it's a bizarre, mostly nonsensical, loosely related series of scenes in a long music video for a band trying to just rip off Van Halen sound. <laughs> that's... That's basically what it is. It's a long music video because it you kind of forget how much of this movie has music underneath it. And it's it's all that same vibe. Now, now I I was born in the early 80s, but I'm not like a huge 80s music fan. Now, my wife is and she was sitting in the dining room while my son and I were watching this and she's like rocking out and like having a great time with it. So um, I can barely explain how this movie moves from one scene into the next, like barely explain it. Um, and, it, you know, Harrison, you had kind of talked about it. People sort of forget, particularly if like if you didn't watch Saturday morning cartoons in the 80s and 90s, those things existed purely as infomercials to sell mm-hmm, toys. Yeah. That was their whole reason to exist. Think of every beloved Saturday morning cartoon, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, you know, later on Power Rangers, you know, wasn't really a cartoon, but, you know, those things existed to sell toys. That's why they were there. And, and the, and the commercials in between those were to sell another toy or to promote Sunny D. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I can go for some Sunny D right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that was, you know, Harrison talked about it. The, the whole reason this movie even existed was they had new ones that they were trying to push on kids. So they had to kill off the old beloved characters. And 
it really doesn't work. You know, I, I kind of forgot, like I, I knew this movie was dark, um, but I kind of forget, like I remembered Optimus Prime dying and I remember as a kid hating that, like it's a hero. You don't kill the hero. Like he's the guy, you know, like you don't kill the guy. Like that's just not how that works. This isn't like, this was long before anyone even conceived of something like Game of Thrones, like where you just kill off your main character, just like, just for funsies, you know, like this was long before that, like this was a kid show. And I really forgot exactly how dark it was. I mean, you get Autobots being digested. You know, there's a lot of on-screen deaths. Like, it's it's pretty heavy. Like, and I kind of remember they they got a couple of four-letter words they use in this. I was like, this is a kid's movie. Like, I, I was kind of surprised. Like, I did remember that those existed, and I was even a kid remember being surprised at that that they put those in for some reason. Um, but I I you know I had this nostalgia, and nostalgia is a funny thing because. We all long for the good old days and everybody all has the same good old days where everything was always better for some reason. Everything was always simpler. The things from our childhood was always somehow better than what we have now. Um, you know, the music was better. The clothes were better. You know, people were nicer. Things were simpler. Like we, we nostalgia is this really weird thing where you you pick and choose to remember the things you liked and you and you tend to not remember as as much or as well the things that didn't work so i think this movie benefits a lot from nostalgia so i was excited to sit down i enjoyed my time watching it um but did it live up to my expectations um i have to say this did not live up to my expectations i i finished the film and was like wow i don't this is way worse than I remember it. Like this was, this was kind of weird. I, I don't remember it being this weird and this nonsensical. Yeah. I, I'm curious. What did your son think of it? Like, okay. So he's nine. So don't like, don't hold this against him. He's nine and there's transformers and there's, you know, they're fighting, they're punching, there's explosions. Like that's, he, he is the quintessential nine-year-old little boy. Like if you give him a stick and let him run around the backyard and make explosion noises, like that's better than any video game to him. Like that's, that's sort of him. <laughs> so to him, there was transformers. They made the noise. Like, you know, there was explosions and there was like good guys and bad guys fighting each other. So he was into it. Uh, he liked it. it. It wasn't his favorite movie we've watched together, but he, he was into it. He liked it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I thought that as I was watching, like if I was a kid, this would be amazing. Like there's so much of this that genuinely feels like Transformers playtime as a kid where like you're not really sure what the story is that you're playing out. <laughs> but you got the big moments. You got it. Megatron became Galvatron and, 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 and Unicron's coming. The old the, the Autobots got to come together and they're going to crash the land on this planet and they're, they're going to work with the other guys and they're going to win. You know, like that's what you get when you're a kid. And and everything in between doesn't matter. Just like the the gun and explosions, and like when Optimus Prime comes in and lands on the Decepticons ship and like shoots everybody. I think he shoots like Soundwave, and then Soundwave is totally fine later. Like it, you know, when you're a kid and you're planning out that scene, you know, Optimus Prime comes in and takes out everybody and has mm-hmm. like this huge heroic moment. And then five minutes later, they're all alive again because you got to keep playing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like this really just feels like you're playing with Transformer toys and. I would also say, do you guys know that scene in, I think it's the first Toy Story, when um, Andy, like, lets go of Woody to play with Buzz, and, like, Woody falls down that, like, pit of despair and feels like Mm -hmm. he's, like, totally being lost. Or maybe it's the second one. I don't remember. This 
could inspire me as a kid to do that scene with if I had an Optimus Prime toy, as much as I'd be heartbroken, I'd be like, well, where's my hot rod toy? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, forget Optimus Prime. Like, it, it really would work on me as a kid. So I, I can understand. There's a lot of this that makes sense knowing that it's pointed at children, but it's weird to, like, look back at it. Yeah. yeah um, I, I'm convinced, too, with the the soundtrack that either one, the producer was in a cover band, or two, his buddy was and was like, look, I'll just do the soundtrack for free. Like, <laughs> if you, as long as you get my songs out there. And yet, I... <laughs> I didn't remember that Weird Al Yankovic's Dare to be Stupid was in here. Like that yeah. could be yeah, like that. out of nowhere. Like I was like, wait, is this Weird Al? Holy shit, it is Weird Al. Yeah, no, Harrison mentioned that and I was like, yeah, we I'm we you know, we just all said we had the same thought and I was like it, and it was also like wait, he was a thing back then? Like <laughs> like <laughs> you forget how long Weird Al's been around for. Right. Like, he's yeah. still making music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm also curious, is The Touch, was that an original song written for this? Or did did that exist before this? Because I can't tell. I tried to find out with the artist, and it seems like this was the initial release of that song. I I think that, I I do think that is the original song. I also think it was inspired by White Vans with No Windows, because that song is creepy as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that aside... That is a song that I've heard many, many times. Like, like that is on so many millennial Gen Z 80 mm-hmm. playlists, you know, like, like it just is, you know, it's kind of just one of those classics now. So when it started playing, I was like, what? That's in this movie. Like, this is where this came from. Uh, it's just, it's so weird. It's, it's, I think it was Rob that said this beginning. This is such a weird encapsulation of the eighties, like so perfectly. Like if I wanted to, Hey, do you want to understand the eighties and you've never lived through it? Like, let me show you this. Like this was, this was pop culture at the time. This was like art style. This was music. Like, here you go. Uh, you'll get a quick understanding after this. So um, listeners can't see it, but that's a picture of the guy. Stan Bush. <laughs> wow. That's that's who sings that. I, Looks like I'm a so- very generic, like so it kind of so to describe for the listeners. Imagine somebody amalgamated every member of Motley Crue and every member of Kiss without the makeup and made it into one guy. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely accurate. Strangely accurate. Oh. Um, yeah, this is this is a weird movie. I, I, just, <laughs> I don't I don't know what else to say. Um, when because the other thing is this is really weird to me to hear you guys talk about this because I think it was you, Rob. I'm going to keep saying it was you. If it wasn't, I'm sorry. But you suggested this when I was, you know, let's do Transformers. You were like, hey, are we going to do the original? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? And I thought that it was because you had really positive things to say about it. Like you wanted that to be included because you enjoyed it. Uh, So that like almost kind of increased my expectations. Like, oh, Rob likes this one. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought I did. And that's um, and that's kind of the funny thing about nostalgia is when you're revisiting something that you literally haven't seen. And God knows how long, Um, you know, my brother and I kind of talked about this when we did an episode on the Rocketeer, you know, it's been 15, 20 years at least since I'd seen that movie. Um, And it still holds up. It's still a blast. It's still a ton of fun. Um, And it's kind of fun to go back. And then every once in a while, you're like, oh, my God, the Transformers animated movies. Yeah. My childhood. Yeah. Toys that made the cool noise and stuff like that. I love that cartoon. And then you kind of sit down and you watch it and you go, wait, was I? 
was I like a moron the whole time I was a kid? <laughs> Uh, that song actually is featured on Rock Band and Guitar Hero. Oh wow! Wow, kind of funny actually. Transformers is the reason we have Guitar Hero. And this and <laughs> this this song was in Boogie Nights. Oh my goodness! So, wow. Okay, it's confirmed. The director of that I can't remember his name right now. Transformers man. <laughs> oh my um, god. Okay, so we're kind of we're kind of talking about it right now. So I'm just going to move into binge points just so that I can talk about other things I want to. Which, if you don't know, these are like Easter eggs details, like we're talking about the music, and 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 the other thing that's really weird to me, uh, Orson Welles. Okay, if you don't, if you're mm-hmm. like a movie person and you don't know who Orson Welles is, let me give you a brief explanation. He's the writer and director and lead actor in Citizen Kane. He is Kane in Citizen Kane and the writer and director. He is the voice. For Unicron. This is his last performance before his death as Unicron. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, that is. It if is you would have told me that when I was in film school and we had to watch Citizen Kane for the first time, and like the professor would have said, hey, by the way, this guy would later go on to voice Unicron in the Transformers movie, I would have been like, are you sure? Like, you're not talking about somebody else? That, that's just so weird to me. Is it weirder than thinking about Raul Julia's last role as being M. Bison in Street Fighter? He had a great, he, he had a great time with that though. I, uh, so. I I saw somewhere where was it because because Orson Welles he was pretty sick when he was recording this. Uh, oh, where did it go? Uh, but he, it was saying that he had a hard time remembering even the name of his character, and he described it as a large toy eating and beating up smaller toys. That's how he described mm-hmm. Unicron. Um, oh, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say like I think. You know, it's you mentioned it, but it's just it's crazy how this movie really was set up. Um, you know, I, I had forgotten that because, again, I hadn't seen this in so long and really didn't think. But, you know, this if you don't know and you just watch this, how Rob said, oh, it just assumes that, you know, you've watched it. This movie set 20 years after the cartoon. Like, that's a long time. And like you said, just it was made to kill off characters to launch a new toy lineup, which like backfired like crazy for this movie. Um, And it's one of those things that, you know, this movie made very little money was a critical failure. And then it's one of those things that have gained cult status over time. Um, But yeah, this was not like, if you actually go and research, this was not favorably thought of when it first came out. Like it backfired in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's really interesting how like they had spent two seasons selling toys and getting people to love these characters just to be like, hey, we want to release new toys, so we're going to kill them off and make new characters. Which like, why not just like redesign them or something? Which because they redesigned so many others, it's it's a weird decision. Like Optimus Prime, like especially as someone who didn't watch those series and like doesn't know that Optimus Prime died in this. Like Optimus Prime died. Like. Like, if you tell someone who hasn't watched these and they just know Transformers from the live action, like, you ask them to name one Transformer, Optimus Prime, right? Like, he is the Transformer, and you just kill them? Like, mm-hmm. that, that that's really interesting to me. The other thing, in line with toys, the other bench point here that I thought was really interesting is that, like, a huge demand for toys Transformers at the time was to have a female Transformer. They, they were not allowed to make a female Transformer toy um, because they were only, like, marketed towards boys. Um, one of the writers had a daughter who loved Transformers, and so he really fought to make a female 
transformer. And that's where um, uh, RC comes from. She's the first female transformer. But she didn't get a toy until 2014. Like, like he, he pitched her so hard so he could make a toy for his daughter and then never happened until 2014. Like, what the heck? <laughs> um, but that's all the binge points I have. I, I don't know. There's, there's not a lot here. This movie was made to sell toys. What do you want us to say? You know, the voice acting cast is actually pretty impressive. If you go through it, um, there was two voices that my uh, child of the 80s uh, ears picked up right away. Um Harrison, you're not likely to remember this, but Matt, do you remember the Micro Machines guy? Everybody our yeah. age knows exactly who I'm talking about when I say the Micro Machines guy. He was just, he would get on and he would just talk really, really fast. And as soon as I heard Blur speak, I'm go, I, I'm like, that's the Micro Machines guy. So I looked it up later and confirmed, yes, it, that is him. Um, and the other one that I caught from, from another, you know, moment from the 80s, uh, Soundwave, the voice actor who does Soundwave, um, basically uses the exact same voice that he does. He's a very prolific voice actor, uh, but he also does, he does pretty much the exact same voice as claw from inspector gadget. I was, I recognized it right yep. away and I looked <laughs> it up. Turns out that's him. Yeah. Uh, inspector gadget. I can actually, I could sing the theme song, but I'm not going to do that because uh, nobody yeah. wants to hear that. I but yeah, I watched a lot of inspector gadget. As a kid. gadget. It, it's funny because I literally just watched the live action first inspector gadget really yesterday that's a classic i would say like i think i talked about this in the the video game ranking that we did i would go over to my friend's house in the green room he had that was all green and we'd play nintendo 64 one of the other things we would do watch inspector gadget like not just once like multiple times the the original live action the first one i don't ask me why and then we would go to my house and watch inspector gadget 2 because he didn't have inspector gadget 2 and i did so we'd like watch uh, one at his house uh, and then go to my and that was like a consistent what (laughs) so i had an epiphany while i watched it um the the first inspector gadget movie was actually the first date that brandon's mother and i went on and i was always confused as to why she dumped me and when i rewatched the movie i realized why (laughs) because so I, I have learned after all these years now, after after after, tw- after 20 years of wondering why that happened, I was like, oh, because I had her watch Inspector Gadget. And she was like, this, guy, this, this guy's done. Um, Does, have you watched but, Inspector Gadget with Brandon? Now, that's the question. No, no, I, uh, you know, I, I figured I'll I, I've put him through enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, child protective services right? would be coming over to talk to you, even though he's 20. Like, uh, <laughs> no, we still need to have a conversation about that. Um, one thing, too, I just like I did some research on this movie. Um, and one thing that I thought with is like as critical as this movie got upon release when it finally was released, like on VHS. And I just I always find things like this interesting, like box office numbers and stuff like that. It stayed top 25 for 40 weeks, On which VHS? is a long time. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's a long time. Like it, yeah. So in, in sales, like it remained there for 40 weeks in the top 25. So that was, I actually found that really interesting. I, I could imagine if I would have had this on VHS. Like when I think about VHS, especially for people my age ish, like I think about re-watching the same thing over and over and over again as a child and loving it. Like I think about this Jetsons movie VHS that my grandma had and then a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles VHS that wasn't even like a movie. It was like four episodes in one VHS uh, when yep. they would do that. 
the amount of times that I watched that and then just hit rewind and rewatch that, like this movie would have perfectly fit that. So I can, I can understand why a parent would buy this for well, a child. Even when they went from like VHS to like DVD, um, you know, they had like X-Men, the animated series where they do, you know, it was season one, Rob, I'm sure you remember this. And they had like episodes one through four, or they had, you know, a DVD that they released that like had, you know, five different episodes that featured like Magneto in it and stuff like that. Um, yeah, those were always like fun, you know, so. It was inter it, like, yeah, you for some reason wanted to watch those more. It's I don't know. I find that interesting now that we're talking about it, that like when you had the VHS, you would go back and it's like, you know, now that everything's at your fingertips, it's, you know, whatever. Yeah. When before everything felt like gold. Um, right. Okay. Any other binge points at all? You know, I, it's so funny because it's not a binge point, but really we we've mentioned this a couple times, but it's funny how there's nothing to talk about with this movie. Cause th like, think about what we've said about this movie. It's bright. The soundtrack's funny. It was kind of dark, but again, there's nothing that really like happens there's no like there's no fluff so to speak that is interesting in between things at least to me and i i find that kind of interesting that you know you you watch this movie and you kind of had to sit there and go all right so wait what what just happened in the hour and 25 minutes that i sat here watching this oh yeah i'm thinking about this next segment coming up here least and likes where we talk about our least favorite scene our favorite scene like like there is little substance that I'm having a hard time picking out. Like this is a scene that I can define as a scene. Right. And have an opinion about it where it almost just feels like there's just like moments like Ultron becomes Galvatron, uh, Optimus Prime dies. Like, I, and those feel like moments more than they do like scenes because there's so little that that happens around it. it it's yeah, yeah, Rob. I think you said it where it's like this movie is almost like it's like clips put together there's not an actual scene it's clips yeah i knew since i knew we were going to be doing um least and likes i was i finished the film and i went oh crap what am i gonna pick? <laughs> <laughs> oh man how do i like how do i get a, a spatula out and kind of like wait like slide things around and move you know, like this was a, this was a good scene. This was a bad scene. Like I, I actually do have a least favorite scene, but as far as like a favorite scene, I'm going, ah, oh, crap. Well, maybe one of the other guys will have like a really good, one. be like, oh yeah, that, yeah, I'll, that was my mm -hmm. favorite scene too. Like, you know, I, I kind of am struggling with the favorite scene. So before we move on to that segment, I just have to say this. I, I read this that I had to find it super quick. The story editor Flint Dial, I think is how you say his name, described the movie as a Frankenstein of different drafts and ideas and people just because of how quickly and frequently they changed things and just like took things and put them together. Uh, which it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen a film that checks so, out. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think I have anything else except for, of course, this is something that we're going to mention. I was going to mention multiple times throughout transformers, but I'll just mention it now since it's the start of it. Peter Cullen as Optimus prime, Remaining as Optimus Prime is just like one of the coolest things. Like every time Optimus Prime speaks, I just that is Optimus Prime's it, voice. I, I think you could sit there and say that he, you know, 
he is up there as those iconic voices that you recognize. You know, James Earl Jones is Darth Vader. I think you put him right in there as Optimus Prime. I, I, I don't think you'd find too many people on the list higher than him for like recognizable character voices. Oh, yeah. Um, so. and, and he has one of those voices, and I'll talk about this more when we get into live actions one. Like, he could say anything, and I'd be like, okay, where are we going to battle? Like, what, what <laughs> grenade do I need yeah. to fall on? Tell me right now. Like, I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah, no, he, he definitely, he does bring a, a, a weight to that role. Yeah, which I think is awesome, uh, even though they killed him. And so, also, too, like talking about this before we move into Lease and Likes, like the more we talk about this, are we positive that somehow Michael Bay didn't direct this movie? <laughs> <laughs> it does have an absurd amount of explosions that just like, like are kind of big. Like there was one time that I, I, I something that happened, I had to pause it, and I paused it when an explosion was happening, and then I had to replay it. And like the mid noise of the explosion just like suddenly happening was. Like, I felt like it was going to break my house. Um, yeah, that maybe he did. Maybe he was he was the grip on set or something. And that's right. How he got his direct door debut as being on set for the Transformers movie. Um, OK, well, let's move on to the very difficult next segment. Lease and likes this is where we talk about our least favorite scene and our favorite scene. Rob, you said you had a least favorite scene. So I'll let you go first just because I have nothing to say. Yeah, the whole water planet scene was very pointless and lame. Um, oh, yeah. That was just yeah. dumb. It was terrible. Like, I'm like, what are they doing and why? Um, soon, I really stood out to me. Um, throw a little shade at the Optimus Prime death scene. There's some real lazy animation in there. Like some real yeah. lazy animation in yep. there. Um, you'll catch, and I'll just call it lazy animation again, um, at other points in the movie, but it really stood out to me uh, in, in his death scene. And I'm like, that should be like, you should, that should like, if you're going to kill off your guy, like he's your franchise, if you're going to kill him off, um, that should have been where you spent a lot more time. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I think they, you know, that in itself actually goes back to what, what Harrison said is there, there definitely was back and forth with that because they were like, you can't, kill him and they were like no like we want to move on like this is going to be so good it's going to launch a new toy lineup so I, I think it just you know it shows the parallel of they were just ready to move on they thought this was going to be a huge deal to get rid of him and usher in new um and they did not they subsequently came back and said we did not expect the backlash or people to care like we thought we were doing like we thought people were going to be kids were going to be so cool to like get new toys and stuff like that. So I, I think it shows in how quickly it's just like, yeah, whatever. He's dead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you said that really well that we're where it's like, they're not, this isn't a big moment where a character we all care about is dying. It's just like, he's just dead. You know, like, mm -hmm. like he's a side character, which is interesting. I was reading, I can't find it now, but the, uh, the GI Joe movie, which I think is currently in theaters or just was for its yeah it just was thing. um that they they were being produced at the same time by the same studio and they wanted to do the same thing with duke to kill him off for a new character and the backlash they got from this made them change it isn't doesn't he just go into a coma right i don't think he dies i don't remember yeah 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 so he doesn't die i know that and and it was because of this that they changed it they were going to kill him um which is interesting 
So I, I will go next with my least favorite scene. And and now that you pointed out, Rob, you remind me, it, it is that scene where Optimus Prime dies. And it's not because he dies as much as that is weird. It's just the entire writing of that scene doesn't work and doesn't it doesn't feel like a character is dying. Um, it just feels like the MacGuffin is being passed. And the animation is really lazy. Like there's one scene where Magnus, whatever his name is, picks up the Matrix and like opens his chest to put the Matrix in it. And the animation looks like he puts the Matrix in his chest, takes it out of his chest to then put it back in it. Like mm-hmm. I, I rewound it because I was like, what the heck just happened? Like are my eyes playing tricks on me? And and like the way that that um, Hot Rod goes to catch it and it looks like multiple people are going to catch it, but then it's just him there. And the, And the way that like, he has a reaction to it, but no one says anything. I don't, I don't know. There's just a lot that I was like, this is just poor writing. And this scene just from the animation and the writing just it is like, I, it isn't working for it. That, that is like the one scene where I remember having a lot of negative thoughts where the rest of the movie was just like, I'm just floating in a lazy river. Like Matt said, where that one I like genuinely had negative reactions to. Yeah, no, I think, you know, everything that's mentioned is right and again like looking back now and knowing what we know about the movie um yeah it doesn't feel like there's any emotion to this person dying there's no care um so it just it it comes off as very very flat and like you said there's just some weird animation cuts where it's like yeah you literally had to look two or three times to be like wait a minute did he put that in his chest and take it out of his chest and where did the other characters go like there's a lot of weird stuff in that. And again, it's just, you know, you, you watch it now as an adult and it's like, wow, they did not give two, two cents at all to, <laughs> to plug a segment um, about, <laughs> about Optimus Prime dying. Like they just, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, it, it is what it, you know, it was like, shut up, eat your food, people like, yeah. <laughs> They were so. doing Transformers hokey pokey. You put the Matrix in. You put the Matrix, <laughs> yeah. in, you put the Matrix in. Yeah. Who gives a care? Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. Anybody have a favorite scene that they just want to call out? Um, I'll I'll just because it's not a favorite scene, but I thought it was really good. But forgetting how the movie started, it's kind of undercut. I really did think the scene with Unicron talking to Megatron, transforming him. I did think that was really good, but I had forgotten. I was thinking of that scene that that was the first time that you saw Unicron. I forgot that the movie opens up with Unicron. And I was like, eh, all right, that kind of takes away. But I do think that's actually cool because, again, like the voice for Unicron, Megatron being just beaten to a pulp and him being raspy and everything like that. I, I did think that scene was actually really cool. Um, it loses. It lost a little bit of its luster for me. Rewatching the movie and going, "Oh shoot!" They show you Galvatron, or they show you Unicron right off the bat. So I really did like that scene, though, where he first meets him. And the animation is cool. I, I do like the animation there. I, I'm curious if either of you know was this the first introduction to Unicron, or was he a character that existed before? I haven't seen the first two seasons of Transformers. It's been 30 plus years. For me. <laughs> I think this, if I remember what I researched, this was his like introduction, which is weird. Like imagine like infinity war with like Thanos, like snapping his fingers on a planet or something like mm-hmm. that's the first scene. What, what an interesting introduction to the movie and your big bad. Um, a favorite scene that I have is the scene when 
Well, well, now I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll say it this way. There, there are a few scenes with Hot Rod that are just really fun. Like him and Cup, I think is his name, when they're together and they're on that planet where they're getting like judged and falling to the shark tank. Like there's a lot of them being together and a lot of things that Hot Rod does driving around the way he drives over things in like the janky animation that like brings out the childish spirit in me where it's like, Hey, this is just about having fun. And it doesn't matter that two cars driving on the walls of a circular pool creates a giant whirlpool that they jump out of. Like those scenes are like a good type of childish fun that I enjoyed uh, a lot. Uh, including when he uses the matrix. Like there's something about that. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. You know, like, like I like this. Um, but it, yeah, I, you know, ask me in a week and I'll probably forget about them all. <laughs> um, so I don't necessarily have a favorite scene there. There's actually a couple of well-written one-liners that, uh, some of the Autobots have when they're in battle. Um, Yes. And and so th- I would say kind of uh, if you collect those together, that's probably it. I, I do. so, And I think it's Ironhide's line. He, he's got this great. I mean, it's a great line to use in battle. Um, I have better things to do tonight than die. Oh, yeah. That's so badass. Like that's un- unnecessarily badass for this kind of for this kind of movie. Um, so I just I just really like that. Yes. That reminds me of the one line when when. Ultron is begging for mercy and, and Optimus Prime is like, you are without mercy now beg for it or something like that. And I was like, what a good line. Like, especially yeah. from Optimus Prime and everything he says just has like an extra pleasantry to it. But, but yeah, there are some awesome one-liners from the Autobots, like, or even the Decepticons, like one of the Decepticons called him like auto uh, something like an insult. And I was like, Oh, that's clever. Obviously not enough for me to remember it, but right. there's some good liners throughout <laughs> the film. So, yeah, Unicron, I did double check. He this was his first introduction was in the movie. What is strange. So, yeah, he just he shows up in the beginning and they're like, it's Unicron. And people are probably like, who the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it makes me wonder if their plan was like, do you guys remember when they would have the toys and like they would have all the toys that were like one size and then the mm-hmm. big toy was bigger and cost more money. Or you had to like buy multiple toys that would allow you to build the bigger one. That always happened with Power Rangers. I had yep. Power Rangers toys like I got as a kid. I feel like that was their objective with Unicron. Like we got to build this giant guy, this huge, so we can make a bigger toy and sell for more money. Type thing. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, okay. On to the last segment before we get into Reveal the Rod. And this is a segment that um, I was... Actually, before we get into this last segment, I'm going to add one more segment here, um, and it is going to be called Transformers Translation, which is the idea of, of analyzing the, the lore and concept of Transformers and what parts of it transferred well to this movie, transformed, and what parts didn't. Because there's a lot of lore for Transformers from comics, series, multiple movies, you know, like, and, and I'm not just saying, like, any lore that previously happened before this movie. Like, all of your lore and, and understanding of Transformers that you have, you know, including the Michael Bay movies. What parts of Transformers, just as an idea, if you will, transfers well to this movie and what's don't? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, they're both nodding their heads, so hopefully it makes sense. Uh, I am making this up on the spot, so if it's not totally clear, that's why. Um, so, 
any, I think that we've talked about this pretty clearly that the thing that transfers the best about this is that it's just like playtime with cars that transform. Like, and the inconsistency of when and how they transform makes no sense. And it's just, a lot of it is just, this works so well as playtime with Transformers. And I think that that, like, my highest memories of Transformers are those. Even when I was a kid and I spent, like, I've tried to find reimaginations of it. Hasbro.com in the early 2000s was a child's dream, uh, I will say. Like, yeah, anyway, anyway. That, that is like my core memories of Transformers is playtime with toys that transform. And this film does that well. Um, so yeah, either of your thoughts on what tr- transforms well to this film? I sort of like the opening we saw. I think it's Cybertron. You see a little bit before Robot Galactus comes and eats them. Um, I think you see a little bit of Cybertron there and you kind of just see like just like regular citizens. They're like not Autobots or Decepticons necessarily. They're just like regular robot looking uh, humanoids, you know, that aren't necessarily turning into a truck or a tank or a dump truck or something like that. Um, It was just kind of interesting to kind of see like a little bit larger of a world before they came to earth. Yeah. That, that reminds me the second thing I was going to say to transfers really well is just that general like style and look of transformers. This movie really captures that and like puts it on full display. And, and Matt, you actually talked about that. Like the fight scenes aren't really well choreographed or animated. Like what is happening in the fight scene? I'm not really sure, but I have a clear understanding of who has the upper hand just because of the color and style mm-hmm. of the robots fighting. Where in like the Michael Bay movies, when they're all just a flat gray, like who is who? Yeah, I can tell you. Yeah, uh, and I think that that film, this film does that well. But anyway, Matt, you were saying something. I interrupted you. Yeah, no, I mean, there's that scene in the second movie where it's two silver cars chasing each other and fighting. And yeah, it's okay. Wait, which one's the Autobot and which one's the Decepticon? You know, this movie does translate so that you can see them clearly. Um, Also, like you said, I mean, the one thing that this translates very well is if you were a kid and you watch this movie and Rob, you maybe you don't remember this because, again, for me and you, this was so long ago. You probably grabbed your toys after you watch this movie and played or you grabbed toys during this movie and played like it probably yeah you know yeah like it does do that it, it at least gives the the notion of oh i want to play with transformers i think that you know is done very well here i th- i definitely feel like there was a time as a kid i can remember not even necessarily the specific toy the specific show specific movie but my brother and i would take inspiration from something we had seen like if it was the the tie-in movies the tie-in show and some of those things would make its way into us playing with our action figures, you know, GI Joe, like some of those things would just sort of, you know, the kinds of stuff that happened, we would use as starting points and naturally make its way in. And I'm, I'm certain that this film had an influence on that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's one thing that this film does really well. So what parts of it, if it hasn't been obvious throughout the episode, don't transfer well with transformers. Any immediate thoughts? doesn't transfer well with transformers i would say that the just like the general lore of what transformers is about like if you if you just showed me this movie and you're like Mm -hmm. what is transformers about 
as a, as as an idea as a concept, I would not be able to tell you. I, I like the Decepticons versus Autobots. Why that? You know, Cybertron Civil War. Yeah, it, 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 like there's just nothing about it that gives me a clear bearing in Transformers lore, and it makes it difficult to be invested in what comes next. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think again with this movie banking on the fact that and you know probably back then like rightfully so um you've watched the cartoon and everything like that i i do think there's that confusion and it's more presented just uh good guys versus bad guys when when you actually look at some of the transformers things and how they got to this point there is actually some pretty deep rich history and some of the newer animated transformers shows have really done a yes. really good job like the shows that are on netflix right now there's some really good transformer stuff that you can stream off of netflix um and yeah this movie kind of just uh, again it assumes you know everything and it really at the same time too though with trying to get rid of you know a lot of the characters that people had known they don't really show a, an appreciation for what came before it Oh, not only well that, said. but they, they don't really set up why the Decepticons are the bad guys and the Autobots are the good guys. Like they, mm-hmm. they just like, that's just what it is. But really there's nothing that happens from either group that isn't just part of what two warring armies do to each other. Right. So right. The, the movie just says, well, these are the bad guys because they have scary voices and these are the good guys because they have the noble sounding voices and, and they're, and they're kind of funny and they're playful. Um, and these are the bad guys because they look scarier. Um, outside of that, like they don't really do much to define that. So I, I would say that really doesn't work well either. Can I just yeah. say too, we never talked about it. It doesn't really kind of fit in, but how funny, like to me, I laughed hysterically when the Decepticons first jump on to, and like ambush the Autobots that the very first thing that Megatron does is turn into a handgun. Yeah, like, like what the heck? <laughs> he yeah, how does that make him more yeah, useful? Like he has a giant cannon on his arm. Like, just shoot that. He turns what into a heck? handgun and has one of his like disciples, one of his little henchmen, fire <laughs> fire yeah, at, at other people. I was like, I, what was that? Unless that's yeah. the noisy cricket from Men in Black, it's the right. dumbest yeah. power ever. Yeah, that was just I I laughed pretty hard when he turned into a handgun. The very first thing I was like, what? What just or, happened? Or even when Galvatron transforms into like that tripod cannon, I was like, what is this? Like if I got a toy, like, and I didn't know it was Galvatron from the movie mm-hmm. and he transformed into like a tripod, I'd be like, this is the worst toy in the world. Like, why is he not a plane or a truck? Mm-hmm. Like who wants a tripod? <laughs> it doesn't move. Like you can't right. r- like drive it or fly it into stuff. It just, it's stationary. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird ideas. Um, yeah, this is, I, yeah, this is a segment that, that I'm mainly interested in talking about in the later uh, episodes, Mm. but for continuity sake, we're starting now. Um, So with no other thoughts there, we're going to move into the last segment fall in, which is a segment I contemplated taking out. And then I said, no, this was a segment that I wanted to do about transformers since the basement binging started for the sake of it being a challenge. Fall in is where we talk about the messages or meanings or genuine real life lessons and values you can take away from the film when entertainment becomes art, if you will. As my dad always said, what is the moral of the story? Um, And that was, 
this segment came from the idea of being taught that that's filmmaking at its highest when I was in film school. You know, that, that there is a message, there is a moral, something that you're like teaching or, or expressing that is valuable, if you will. And uh, is that found in all filmmaking? Can you find it in all filmmaking if you want to? And that was the idea of this segment is, is kind of to, to challenge that belief, kind of be like, well, of yours, professor, you know, I'm going to apply this to transformers. Mm -hmm. Um, and and so citizen Kane or whatever. So I think this is going to be the easiest one, uh, of the six movies that are to come after this. So any messages, meanings, takeaways that any of you have for falling. Uh, I think that one of the things in, there's stretches in the other movies um, that get washed away very quickly because of some of the other things that happened. But I do find it interesting that, you know, somebody like, let's say Unicron, um, you know, he's, he's built and was created to do exactly what he's supposed to do. And I think always, that is always like an interesting thing. Um, I, I remember watching the fantastic four or like the silver surfer cartoon with Galactus. And like one of the lines that he says is I like, I don't do this because like I want, like I need to do this. Like Galactus feeds on planets because that's what he has to do to like to actually live. Um, and I think that's kind of interesting with like Unicron um, really not the Decepticons. Cause again, there's really no, rhyme or reason in this movie about it but just like the interesting thing of sometimes the most like interesting villains aren't always villains we talked about that with thanos um there's there's certain things that you can say okay um i probably shouldn't think anything this guy says is logical but mm, damn it i do so (laughs) yeah yeah, I think that, that the the thing that was really interesting to me that that maybe it's just because of I would say the state of social media right now is the line that really impacted me was uh from the Autobots until all are one. Um I, I don't know. Like that idea I just I don't know. Call me naive, but I think that that's such just a good idea. Like what a, a righteous thing to fight for, especially when you like think about this thing that's coming to like consume everything you care about uh i think that that's just a good motto you know like i'm not there's nothing more than that and the movie doesn't really do anything to say anything about that but just as a line you know we're gonna fight against eat the evil that is present until all are one you know i can get behind that i think there's kind of a compelling story or just idea around <clears throat> sometimes uh, individuals can choose greatness and sometimes they have greatness thrust upon them and Optimus Prime dies and nobody expects that. And he, he hands the, uh, you know, the matrix of leadership to ultra Magnus. And he's like, nah, I, I'm not ready. I can't do that. Um, and he says, you kind of have to, and he steps up because nobody else can, and he has to. And then at some point hot rod has to sort of take on, you know, that's that at the moment that the Autobots are at their darkest, you know, the, the matrix reveals itself to be it's it's MacGuffin potential and uh hot rod happens to be the guy there. Um, and sometimes you don't have a choice. It's, it's your turn. Step up. You've got to be the one now. 
It's just I think there's maybe some interesting ideas there. Yeah, I think especially when you think about this as like a kid's movie, and I, I wrote, I'll link it below. I wrote this like really kind of emotional review about the first Transformers movie. I'm going to obviously talk about that when we get into that episode where like in that movie, the line that is repeated is no sacrifice, no victory. And there was something about that that's like very noble in a child's mind when you're, you know, you're battling evil type of thing and, and thinking about playtime. And and I think that those lessons that you learn as a child in playtime that like there comes a moment where you have to to rise as the leader to light the darkest hour. Like what a noble thing to learn, uh, which like what a weird thing that that is in a Transformers movie. And I don't like think that that's the intent. Maybe it is. But like that is definitely something that my childhood brain would latch onto. And when I'm playing Transformers, that theme, if you will, would come up in playtime. Yeah, I think about a lot of things that inspired me as a kid with the toys I played with and like themes of the entertainment I watched and, and those like noble or, or or like heroic type lessons that they came up in, in childhood. And, you know, like that that is definitely a worthwhile one that there comes a moment where you have to lead in, in order to light the way, so to speak. And, you know, that's pretty cool, I would say. Um, but I don't really have any uh, other thoughts um, unless either of you do. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good on my end. Okay. Rob gave it just as clear. I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, this is going to be an interesting segment. I'm, I'm excited about this. Like I said, there was a lot of it where, um, side story. This is the first one. So we'll just get into it here. When I was, uh, first started the basement binge, I had just dropped out of school because I was rejected from the university film school. Um, which was really frustrating because there was a lot of like that new passion for filmmaking that was based in just like having fun with the format of filmmaking. Like, like if any of you have seen a Conbro chill music video, particularly dance thief, do you go look it up? It's ridiculous. But like that attitude was what was so exciting for me about filmmaking. And my professors hated it because it wasn't mature. It wasn't, rich thematically it wasn't you know whatever and like it and we'd be discussing films and we were talking about citizen kane and you know all those movies that you talk about in film school and we weren't talking about the movies that i had grown up loving and and there was a part of it that like bothered me like you know why don't we talk about star wars like do you do you even know the rich conversations i've had about star wars professor you know why are you so against that type of stuff which they never outright said that but they outright said it, if you know what I mean. And, and so there's a lot of this where it's like, I want, almost want to like take that back for myself. We're like, I don't care that this movie is purely entertainment and, and ridiculous and, and not your indie, you know, Oscar winning movie type of thing. But there are worthwhile things in all things if you're willing to look for them. And so as difficult as it is going to be, I'm there. I, this is what I'm really excited for. This is what I've been waiting for. To do in Transformers. So thank you both for indulging me in frivolousness, if you will. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't always remain frivolous. Hopefully there, there's real life uh, meaning in it. Listen, in, in entertainment, context. there's room for Citizen Kane. There's always room for Citizen Kane. There's room for your Godfather Part 2. There's also room for Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah. 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 There, thank you, Rob. There is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's definitely room for Transformers, including Transformers, Dark of a Myth. 
maybe. I don't know. I'm not, I'm I don't not know sure if you're here for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we will get into that in later episodes, which I'm really excited about. Um, so, lastly, the last part of this, we have to reveal the rotten. Where bringing it over from Matt's show, we were going to rate this out of five reels, because uh, that's what we do when Matt goes to the movies. Um, Rob, you are guest as a rotten, so we're going to let you go last. Um, I will let you pick who gets to go first, though, to reveal their rating out of five. Uh, Matt. All right. So I really I I was thinking about this all the way up until we were getting here. And the easiest thing that I can say is I'm just going to split it right down the middle. And it's two and a half reels. Um, This movie isn't bad. This movie isn't good. Again, this movie just this just is so. I have it at two and a half reels. All right. I will go next. And I'm exact same as Matt. Two and a half reels. Just, just, you know, there's, there's not a lot about it. That's horrible. There's not a lot about it. That's great. There's parts of it that I like. And, but I will say it's a two and a half with a little heart next to it, where it's like, this is a two and a half that I enjoyed, not a two and a half that like I didn't enjoy, if you know what I mean. Um, So, and yeah, I don't know. you don't need an overcomplicated two and a half rating. I don't know why I'm trying to say more about it. Uh, so, R- Rob, were we wrong or were we right? Uh, we were all correct. I am indeed the rotten. Uh, for me, it's one and a half reels. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. So I I turned this movie off and I was kind of like confused. Like, what did I just watch and why? And and not only why did I just did all that just happen, but why did I have this this nostalgia for this movie has this movie always been kind of this pointless and, and, and bad at points. Um, so yeah, I, um, I, and then I really got to thinking about it as like, okay, it's a product of its time. I'm trying to hold, you know, 2022 standard to something that came out in 1986. It was, it was a different time. This was made to sell toys. That was the whole point of this. Am I being too harsh? And and then I also think to myself, well, what are the circumstances where I would rewatch this movie? And I struggle to think of it. You know, I struggle to think of why I'm going to be like, yeah, let's do that again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's I, I don't want to be too crazy. Hard. Like, it's not one real like this is not Batman and Robin bad. This is not Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom bad, but it's not good. So one and a half. OK, well, that is our standard. Listeners going forward, we have to consistently keep Rob above 1.5 reels. I don't care if it's 1.501. As long as we get that for the rest of the Transformers movie, I will feel like we have succeeded. I I don't. I I mean, I haven't seen all these movies in a long time. Who knows? I might. My rating might dip below it, but I don't imagine it is. I kind of have optimistic views of the Transformers movies, but 2022 could change that. But the objective as of now like I've said in multiple episodes of where Matt goes to movies is to convince Rob of the quality that can be found. Which I think we have our work cut out of us just because uh, I might have to be convincing myself too. This might be like, I have talked about this on episodes forever ago. I don't even uh, uh, binge the cringe is what I called it. I just remember that where the idea was that, we'd pick out a movie and draw straws and one person would be like the mitigator and one person would have to, you know, debate the quality of the movie debate for the reasons it's good. And another person would have to debate for the reasons it's bad and convince the mitigator 
by the end of the podcast, is it good or bad? And uh, I feel like almost unintentionally, that's just going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think what will happen is we will sway Rob, depending on if Matt joins me on the debate for quality or goes against me on the debate for not. <laughs> well, I do have... Um like all of the the transformers movies ranked um from way before like from my letterbox account and what i think of them so i'm going to be interested to go back and watch all of them and then see if i still have them as the same ranking um because on letterbox if anybody's ever used it i know harrison you do it is out of five stars so very similar like if i'm rating something a two on letterbox it would be two reels for our review so I'm going to be interested if any of these movies actually change. Yeah, I, I just pulled up your list right now, and uh, some of yeah. them can't go. So, some <laughs> of them can't go lower. So, <laughs> so. Oh, this is so interesting. Okay, we'll clue you in here because so obviously, looking at Matt's list here, top of the list, Bumblebee. Who didn't see that coming? Okay, below that, Transformers, the first one, also understandable. Transformers Age of Extinction, Transformers Dark of the Moon, Transformers the movie that we just watched, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, and then Transformers the Last Night. And I think that for Transformers the Last Night, I am seriously going to have my work done. Because there is something, something in my brain that just connects with Transformers the Last Night, and I could not tell you why. So, um, But we will see what happens moving forward. So... Thank you, Matt and Rob, for joining me. I know it's very late. I always forget about the time delay. And so thank you for staying up late and talking to me about a strange movie that is Transformers. Uh, we're, we're young um, men. We can handle the late time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you both. Subscribe to the Basement Bench for the Transformers episodes coming up. Also subscribe to Matt Goes to the Movies wherever you get podcasts for the Rob's reviews coming out. Additionally, everything else that Matt is releasing Anywhere that you could connect to the show to leave reviews on either Matt Goes to the Movies or The Basement Binge, that is super appreciated. We appreciate reviews anywhere, but especially on Podchaser, it allows you to review individual episodes. That is super helpful. Connect with us on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Matt has a Facebook group as well that you can join. That is linked below. Uh, Send us an email. Let us know what you think. Let us know what we should say to Rob about why the Transformer movies are good. Actually, please do that. Please <laughs> yes, send please. us emails. They will be linked below. BingeBasement at gmail.com. And then the other one is just Matt Goes to the Movies, the initials. M-G-T-T-M podcast at gmail.com. Right? Did I get that right? Right. Okay. They will also be linked below. Send us emails and say, Rob, Transformers is the best movie ever because, and then tell us the reasons. Or you can say, Harrison, Transformers the last night is the worst movie ever and you do not have a brain because... We'd love to include your thoughts in these episodes. So you can, you know, DM us on Instagram, Facebook, put them in the Facebook group, send us an email. However you want to contact us, we would love to include your thoughts on these episodes. Um, but that is all. That is all I have to say about Transformers. Any other thoughts from the two of you before we go? I am excited. I'm just going to, I'm going to say for Transformers, because Rob and I just talked about this a couple days ago, I am actually going to see it in the theater. For my for my uh, for I'm my jealous. rewatch, so I was trying to get tickets to it, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to because they're only showing it in select theaters here in Utah, which is infuriating. But if I can get tickets, I'm going because I think that that would be a great experience to see it in theaters again because I saw it when it came out, and like 
my brain exploded multiple times in that theater, however old I was. Let's see, 15? Is that is it the 15 year anniversary? Yeah. Yep. So I was I was 10. Oh my god. I was going to a I was, was going 10. to a midnight release of this movie when it first came yeah, out. Yeah, I I think that's maybe why my nostalgia for it is so strong is because my 10-year-old brain like ended up all over the floor <laughs> during the movie. <laughs> uh, Are so, you sure? Uh, was that because right, of well, the movie or because of Megan Fox? <laughs> <laughs> that movie awoke some things in me more than my love for Transformers. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can bring we can blame my uh, cousin. My we can blame my cousin for uh, taking me to that dust. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you again to Matt and Rob for joining me. If you didn't know already, this is the Basement Binge. My name is Harrison. I'm joined by the great Matt and Rob from Magus the Movies, and that was all for now. Ciao, ciao. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.